The Lord has made. Este es el día que ha hecho el Señor. Nos regocijaremos en él. We will rejoice and be glad in him. Y nos alegraremos en el Señor. Philippians 4:4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Filipenses 4.4 dice, Estén siempre llenos de alegría en el Señor. Lo repito, alegrense. Que todo el mundo vea que son considerados en todo lo que hacen. Recuerden que el Señor vuelve pronto. He is coming soon. And we are a church that is alive. Somos una iglesia viva. If we have Christ in us, we are alive. Si Cristo está en nosotros, entonces tenemos vida. Vida. So my brothers and sisters this morning, I, I urge you, I, I want to invite you to unite with us. And let's worship and praise our God. Welcome this morning and let's start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great and mighty are you, Lord. Grande y fuerte eres tú, Señor.
We have actually a lot going on at Calvary here in the summer and in the coming months. Uh, so I just want to share with you quite a few things. If you didn't get one of these bulletins, you're definitely going to want to have one of these in the next few months. There's a lot of things coming up. I'm going to try to cover as much as we can, but we do have a very special morning uh, this Sunday as there are at least a couple of things very much worth celebrating. Uh, but let, let's go through this pretty quickly. If you didn't see coming on in, uh, we have a, uh, a big bus out there, a big uh, a facility for you to give blood. Thank you so much for those of you who have already signed up to do that. Uh, from what I understand, there is plenty of slots open after service is over. So my encouragement would be to go out there, get your oil change, and uh, they do a really good job. I can't, can't see mine. Ouch, that kind of hurt. <laughs> um, but uh, they got in real quick and got out very quickly. So uh, they do a great job. And if you, I also encourage you, if you um, have the blood type that uh, is requested for this, uh, give the, uh, the platelets or the plasma. Uh, it takes a little bit while longer, but they are very, very appreciative. My wife, she needs a, you know, several hundreds of people to give blood for her to have one treatment for her, uh, uh, for her treatment that we do every single month. And so I, I th- thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for those of you who give regularly. Thank you. Uh, we uh, have a different donations a request from HAM, uh, which is our Humble Area Assistance Ministry. They do so much for the community and mainly giving the gospel to those who God brings through their threshold uh, for help. My encouragement would be to part, uh, uh, help us partner with them. Uh, this time they're asking for shampoo and conditioner. So please, uh, whenever you guys are at the grocery store or at the store, just buy an extra bottle or two. Bring it here and put it on the shelf in the main lobby. We'll make sure that gets to them and uh, we'll further that ministry to uh, bring a light to this community. On, um, beginning on, uh, this began on May 31st. We now have a children's ministry where they're digging into the Bible. Awana is taking a break during the summer. They follow the Humble uh, ISD school schedule. And so they're off for the summer at this point. But that doesn't mean that your children... Don't have something, somewhere to go and some place to learn about the Bible, learn about God, and have Jesus uh, elevated in their hearts. So please bring them by still on Wednesday nights, beginning at 645. Uh, this is going to be this, called Summer Searchers Digging into the Bible. So everything is all about having the Word of God written on the tablet of their heart. Uh, we, there is a VBS meeting today. If you signed up to help us out with VBS, there is a meeting right after the service is over into that uh, hallway hallway into the door behind that wall uh into the room behind that wall i would encourage you to stay behind if you if you did sign up even if this is your 19th time doing vbs with us please come and join us in that meeting to make sure that we're all on the same page a brand new ministry has started called the yag the yag stands for the young adults uh group the young adults group a brand new ministry that's just for the summer at this point and uh, their first gathering is going to be a crawfish boil. Uh, we, uh, if you have any uh, any students who have just graduated, so they're, they're seen, they were seniors this year, or anyone who has graduated and, and is not married and is not super, you know, I don't know, they're in their forties. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but yes, <laughs> they are invited to come and join us. This is Tessa. She is our intern. Um, go ahead, give her a little wave. <laughs> she is our summer intern. 
she grew up uh, here at Calvary and has gone through our servant leadership team for, for three years. A uh, very solid leader, very fortunate to have her during the summer, and she's uh, heading up this brand new ministry. Very, very excited for her. Just two more things to cover. We have uh, the dance um, team. If you guys noticed, uh, some uh, beautiful ladies up here, they have, are giving a, 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 as an act of worship, uh, demonstrating a, an act of worship through dance. If you are uh, interested in joining that team, they are going to have a, a, a sign-up. So if you would find uh, either one of these two ladies, and they'll tell you how to sign up for that, I would encourage you to, to be a part of that ministry. Uh, one very special thing we're going to do today is give away the Kathy Day Scholarship Award. I'm going to ask the ladies that, who are presenting that award to come on up here. They're going to share a little bit with you about what the award is about, uh, who gets it, why they get it, and uh, who Miss Kathy Day is as we uh, are honoring her, her name in uh, the giving of this award. Ladies? Well, good morning, church family. Um, thanks to the, benevol- the benevolent spirit of this body of Christ at Calvary Christian Fellowship Church, the women's ministry is awarding its 13th college scholarship award. <laughs> the generosity of you all has proven to be faithful. Uh, we hear it said about Calvary time and time again that we are a little church with a big heart. So this year's Calvary, uh, Calvary's Women's Ministry is honored to recognize Aoife Bridgman as our 2023 scholarship recipient. So Eva has an outstanding resume of leadership and service. Her recorded hours of volunteer service totaled 260 hours. This year, uh, she has spent, well, excuse me, she has spent her high school years being involved in Civil Air Patrol with leadership positions of squadron commander, leadership commander, and as an instructor. She has received the Wright Brothers Award, Billy Mitchell Award, and the Amelia Earhart Award. Aoife has served 170 volunteer hours at the Lake Houston Knights Chess Club, where she has won trophies in regional tournaments. Aoife is a member of the National Homeschool Honor Society, Ada Sigma Alpha, and she has received their ESA Excellence Award. She has also received Honors Award in Leadership and Service through her involvement with Christian homeschoolers of the Atascacita, Texas area. And knowing the Bridgman family, <laughs> it is no surprise to any of us that Aoife has reached championship-level competition as both an individual and team competitor in the Irish dance. So while participating in all those extracurricular activities, Aoife maintained rigorous academic excellence, working towards her college goals and working after school as a cashier at Brookshire Brothers. One of her teachers is quoted as saying, Aoife leads with compassion, willing to assist her colleagues with a helping hand or as a person to talk with. 
She is an active listener and provides sound advice or suggestions to her team members as needed. When she doesn't know the answer, she reaches out to others to gain insight and advice of her own so she may continue to lead her team. Ms. Bridgman has been accepted into Texas A&M University at College Station. Gig em. <laughs> Good job, girl. Good choice. <laughs> her plans are to major in biomedical engineering. While that is an incredibly lofty and prestigious goal, please note that Eva's heart is first and foremost focused on living her life with Jesus Christ as her role model, seeking his guidance in all that she does and showing his love to others that they may see him in her. And that's what life is really about. So today is an honor for Calvary's Women's Ministry to award the Kathy Day Memorial Scholarship to Miss Eva Bridgman for $2,000. so very proud of her. At this time, we also have another reason to celebrate as Pastor Mark is going to introduce an amazing couple who will be uh, participating in baptism this morning. We have two baptisms this morning. So... Uh, for those that may or may not be aware, um, baptism is that moment that we bow our knee before the Lord and we say, Lord Jesus, my life belongs to you. I'm submitting to your lordship. It represents the old man going down under the water, dying, the new man coming up alive. It's a demonstration of what an individual has done in their heart. The word says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe he has been raised from the dead, we're saved. And baptism is the pledge of a good conscience, Peter says. The pledge of a good conscience. And so this, this couple that are coming up, it's a husband and wife getting baptized together. Yes. Sagiv Cohen and his wife, Michelle Pinillo are being baptized today. Uh, uh, Sagiv, if y'all will come up. Sagiv gave his life to the Lord. Uh, Sagiv's from Israel, for those who have not met him yet. Uh, he gave his life to, his, to the Lord last Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. And his wife, Michelle, uh, they, are, they are being baptized together today to, to demonstrate that they have renounced the world renounced Satan and his ways and have submitted their lives to the Lord Jesus Amen. and are publicly declaring they are walking anew in him. Amen.
So I gave blood this morning. So Michelle said, uh, make sure you don't pass out when you're holding me under. So if y'all just be praying right now, that would be a good thing.
house of the Lord, we can't have joy. ¿Quién dice que en la casa del Señor no hay gozo? Si el Dios vivo está en nosotros, si el living God is in us, how can a church be dead? It cannot, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We lift our hands up to you, Lord, this morning. And we come before your presence, Lord, recognizing who you are, Father. Venimos delante de tu presencia reconociendo quien tu eres y el Dios que alabamos y adoramos. Recognizing the God that we praise and we worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence in this place, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in us. Father, we want to praise you until you come. Until you come. Queremos adorarte hasta que tú llegues, Papa. Hallelujah. Yes, the world will bow down and say you
Father, in these next few moments, we're asking that we would be put aside and you would be glorified in our hearts. But whatever would become a distraction between us and listening and hearing from you would be cast off. And we recognize that the value of a love relationship pure and holy with you is much more valuable than anything our hearts could be drawn to. The affections of this world not hold a candle to you, Lord. Pray, God, that our hearts would reflect that. Lord, in these next few moments as we listen to Pastor Terry, I pray, Lord, that you would first, you would empower him to speak from you. Lord, his words would be your words. Lord, that he would speak mightily with compassion the authority of your word, God, we would listen. We would not only listen, but Father, we would look for opportunities for you to, as you're stirring in our hearts, to say yes, to say to be obedient, to be joyfully willing to follow what you're calling us to do. God, I pray our hearts would be extra sensitive to the direction and guidance of your spirit. We love you, Lord, and we are so eager to commune with you love you, Father. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. So uh, let me start the clock off. No, I'm just kidding. So for those of you that uh, participated in the source uh, fundraiser, uh, we gave a few thousand dollars to them. Uh, and those of you that are just part of this family, I, I want to share this with you because this is what this family does uh, outside the walls of this, of this building. 
Now, this is a, a card that we received. It says, you helped make Mother's Day possible. And it's from the director uh, that was with us that day. And it says, through God's grace and your generous support, hundreds of our families are celebrating Mother's Day for the first time this year. Give him him a hand. You guys, though, thank you so much for being obedient to him. So before I get started, would you pray with me and pray for me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we join you this morning. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing unto your sight as you speak, speak to us individually and collectively as the body of your son. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So we've been talking about family here the last several weeks, and I know Pastor Mark has uh, messages that he's working on about uh, parenting and about marriage, and so we're going to continue. And so as, uh, as I thought about this during the time that I was away, I thought, you know, we need to really talk about family, but why don't we talk about God's family? Because we're all part of God's family. And I know each of us have family members you know, we all got the Uncle Bob and the crazy Aunt Sue and, you know, those people in our families. And we love them. And when they, when they do something right, we praise them. And when they do something wrong, we correct them, right? No. No, we ignore them. We hope that we don't see them at Christmas time. And we just kind of stray away from a relationship with them. Even when they need correction. So... Do we do that with God's family? You know, we've fallen away from taking care of God's family. We've fallen away from taking care of our family. We've become too self-focused. It's all about me. We're in a hurry to move to the next important thing that means something to me. Therefore, we suffer the consequences, and our families suffer the consequences, and God's family suffers the consequences of this prideful attitude. I am right, and you do not matter if I feel that I am right. So many we see that are in need of help, and yet we pass right on by them. So many we see that are misinterpreting what God's word says, and we just say, that's okay. God will fix it. But you see, when you those paths cross, do you expect? Think that God is saying something to you to say something to these people. You see, there's a subliminal covert war being waged against God's word and against this family of believers. This movement has been called many things. It's been called progressive. It's been called the now movement. It's shown up in seminaries. It's shown up in the pulpit. It has shown up in so many places, especially in the liberal social media and their venues. It's good to, it has the goal of bringing doubt and undermining the foundational principles of God's word. Today, many believers want things to change back toward God, but they're not ready for the pressures of persecution, and we're afraid of it. We cave to pressures and fail to stand in the gap for God. The hard truth is that God allows his children to suffer, and this can be what we expect during these times. 
The supremacy of Jesus means that we all need to keep him at the forefront. And remember, Jesus will not be defeated. The emergent church movement in the late 1990s and the early 2000s infiltrated the evangelical church. Get it here right. Many are willing to redefine, reexamine, and ultimately reject the core of historical doctrines of Christian faith, including the universal denial of original sin, the atonement of Jesus Christ, the existence of hell, and then the justification. Then they begin to justify same-sex marriages and abortions. It pushes for the gospel that centers a universal salvation and social justice rather than personal salvation, sin, and personal redemption. This movement has been slow. It's been subtle. But today, it's almost unchanged. True believers hear that you are old-fashioned. You are out of date. The spirit of the flesh says you're legalistic. The spirit of evil says if you want to be right on the right side of history, you need to abandon your inflexibility. Then we're left with a simple religion, one of faith, a Bible, a God that we have created in our image based on our values. This is not a battle of intellect, but one of the spirit, one that is in need of never-ending prayer. We must wrestle with the enemy, refusing to compromise or refusing to give up and walking in the true love of God. It becomes a holy attitude in the life and power of the Holy Spirit grounded in the word of truth. That carries Jesus to victory and delivers so many from the deception and the lies. Many of Apostle Paul's letters were written to churches that were experiencing serious doctoral doctoral errors. One of Paul's strongest letters to the church in Galatia, he spoke against the teachings that had polluted the Galatian church. In Galatians 1.6, we read, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is not really a Some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul is addressing the issues and demands to return to the law rather than continuing to live by grace, continuing to live through faith, continuing to live through the sacrifice and atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The belief of can't we just all get along and abandon some of the hard and fast beliefs God sets in the Bible and have a more inclusive understanding of the Bible will not work. I agree we should be loving, but we must be committed to the truth of God's word. Jesus makes it clear that loving God with your very being and loving your neighbor summarizes the law. But when we replace God's view of love with our own view of what we think love requires, it leads us to justifying, to a justifying sinful behavior. So what do we do? We must first look beyond labels and think, well, this may be some good stuff. Is it a biblical view of true love? Do we believe that it's what I feel is right, or do we believe it's biblical? The 
the compassionate thing to do is to speak the truth. Next is the world's definition of justice and equality based on divine law, or is it based on our own personal preference? This movement looks for a different, looks for a different gospel. It has nothing to do with the gospel of the death of Jesus, his burial, and resurrection. Instead, it results in spiritual confusion. It denies the divine authoritative truth of the Bible as it moves towards the importance of assorted styles of living. For example, though scripture clearly says that marriage is between a man and a woman, proponents of this progressive belief twist and distort the truth of God's word on sexuality and focuses on the trends of gender identity. They deny God's distinction between sexes instead invent their own standards rather than the word of God. When the topic of justice is discussed, the new thought is primarily concerned with the issues of social and racial justice. And while these are admirable causes, it often disregards the issue of God's justice, how the holy and just God deals with sinful and wicked people. And when it comes to a personal sin, some, fall, some believers fall, fail to see that the knowledge of the deadly consequences of man's sinful state. Biblical teaching should be based on the precious blood of Jesus that was a sacrificial and atoning work of his death on the cross. This fact is distorted and too often completely neglected. To reject the deity of Christ is tonight to deny Christ and doom yourself. To love darkness rather than light will leave you in eternal darkness. To hope that good works alone will earn salvation while rejecting the gift of everlasting life through faith in Jesus will leave you in the eternal abyss. To deny the fullness of the Trinity can risk the person missing the glory of God Almighty. This is why the Apostle Paul Call down a curse on those who preach a different gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's how Paul defined the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 2. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I have preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I have received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. We should preach, teach, and share to trust solely on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and for that sacrifice that grants us forgiveness. There is no substitute for speaking the power of the cross and the resurrection. Speak the truth of God's word for their time may be coming where the doctrine may not endure. Instead, there will be those speaking according to their own desires and will turn away from the truth, and we must fulfill the ministry of Jesus Christ. We must guard the truth, remain true to him for what he has done for us, and stand boldly for the truth of the Bible. This is the only way to secure eternity. Crises are so often never scheduled. Being prepared to face a crisis completely changes a person's outlook, but God is never surprised. He is a sovereign God. 
The Lord will give you the strength to do exactly what he calls you to do. You simply ask God, what is it you want me to do? And then surrender to him. Too many times we are dragging our feet to be obedient to God. We want to be like those that participate in sports. You know, if you've ever played baseball, were you the guy that when the bases were loaded and two outs, you wanted to be the one that was in the batter's box? Or when the bases were loaded and you were one run ahead and there were two outs, were you the guy that wanted the ball to be hit to you? Or were you the one that said, I don't want a bat. I sure hope he doesn't hit it to me. Are we willing to answer his call? What are we willing to give up for Jesus? He did not promise riches. He just asked you to follow him. So we need to step outside our comfort zone with those that are confused today and trust God. In Luke 5, beginning in the fourth verse, Jesus told Simon to put your nets out in the deep water. And Simon responds just as we probably all would. We've already done that, and that didn't work. And even though he said those words, what did he do? He cast his nets in those deep waters, and the catch was plentiful. We need to say to God, you know, God, I may not be your first choice, but please let me be a choice for you. So how do we stand against these false teachings? Well, let's just look real quickly at five ways. First of all, we need to uphold biblical authority. Many today do not view Scripture as divine or perfect, but as a human book that contains contradictions, errors, inconsistent theology. And what happens? Biblical authority then takes a back seat. And what steps in? One's personal conscience as the high authority in the truth. We must align with the truth of the Bible. Jesus referred to the Old Testament as God's word. He taught that scripture was inspired by God. He said that scripture cannot be broken. So let us boldly hold to the teachings of Jesus as accurate as the authority and inspired word of God. Next, let us stand for biblical sexuality and sanctity of human life. Most of these issues were birthed out of the cry for sexual freedom. But yet marriage was designed by God as far too often considered now outdated and even harmful. Advocacy for abortion rights has become normal. In Matthew 15, beginning in the 19th verse, Jesus says this, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make man unclean. Jesus categorized sexual immorality as something that defiles a person. We should boldly obey Jesus' teaching and enjoy marriage as God designed it in the Bible. Next, we need to be bold and courageous. Today, people are facing criticism for standing up for Jesus in the Bible. They are being seen as hateful, as bigots, as intolerant. Some of them are even being called harmful to society. The pressure is strong for us to just be quiet and get along. John 15, 18 says, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. We should align our speech and actions with Jesus. Matthew 5, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
even though it may seem countercultural, and it may bring persecution, and it may be that people don't like you, we should stand on God's truth and his promises. Next, we should live the truth. We cannot live with a statement, my feelings are my truth. This idea is thought, and thought is even denies that there is objective truth. And that it cannot really be known by people. People say, live your life and find yourself. This is strengthened by social media and all the commercials that we see. A true statement or belief is one that corresponds with reality. And the truth is true, wherever someone, whether someone believes it or not. We must align with Jesus when he says in John, I am the truth. John 18, 17, in his prayer for his disciples and ultimately for us, he says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. Rather than find yourself, Jesus says you need to deny yourself. Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would, take, would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We must boldly teach the truth and that truth does exist. And it can be known and it can bring sanctification. Next, we must proclaim the gospel. Today, it seems arrogant of people to say they know the truth, especially when it comes to religion and mortality. Many New Age believers pride themselves in being inclusive, but reject the absolute truth of Jesus. They send a confusing message of ebb and flow with cultural norms. This means avoiding any uncomfortable parts of the gospel, like final judgment or a place of eternal punishment. Again, we must align ourselves with Jesus in the gospel. Mark 1, verse 15. Jesus says, The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is how he began his ministry. John 13, 16, we all know. But do you know verses 17 and 18? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Jesus is worth following, and the beauty of the Holy Scripture is worth protecting. Naturalistic philosophers refer to the miracles of the Bible as miraculous magic or oppressive absurdities. They try to hammer at the very foundation of the faith of Christ as the Son of God. These philosophies are the basic cause of moral deterioration throughout the Western world. We face destruction from within, folks. We have those that hold strictly to the letter of the law, but know little of the spirit of love and grace that belongs to a spirit-filled life. There are those that are so busy attacking the biblical faith, they have little time for loving the lost. Many have humanistic philosophies that has little difference from the ethical standards 
that is part of Buddhism. They deny the miraculous character of the scriptures, and they have openly rejected the fundamental truth of Christ. The world of God predicted these times. We should not be alarmed. We should not be fearful. Instead, we should be standing up boldly and filling in the gap for God's family. Jesus, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, said, There will be wars and rumors of wars, but you should not be alarmed. Such things must happen. Nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be famines and earthquakes. All these are the beginning of birth pains. You will be persecuted, put to death, hated by all nations because of me. We have neglected studying the Bible and we have neglected opportunities that lead to spiritual growth. We need to remember that we were not born for ourselves. There is one thing that is worse than evil, and that is indifference to evil, for then it flourishes. God's message is, love me or hate me, but spare your indifference. Give people a hand rather than giving them your tongue of judgment. Do not be the one that says, I came, I saw, and I walked away. Believers everywhere have done an excellent job of cursing darkness. We have done a horrible job of sharing the light. Mark Twain said, kindness is the language that the deaf can hear and the blind can see. God takes special pleasure in doing miracles for people. Yet so many walk right on by those that are in need. We miss those opportunities. Thomas Edison said, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. We should do things for others that nobody sees. It's amazing how much we can get done when we don't care who gets the credit. One of God's biggest problems is the absenteeism of his people. Everyone has a possibility of seeing an opportunity each and every day. And it can just be a moment of ministry of presence, just being there for that person. It's not you. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit that works through us. He does the work. He takes the individual, those individuals that are broken and messed up, just like we were, we are, and uses them in a supernatural way. So if you want to experience God, give up the controls. Step out of your comfort zone. Serve the Lord when he calls you. What's the real and mighty things that he does? But do it boldly. Do not worry about what other people think. Worry more about what God's word says. And he will do those wonderful things. We are all family. We are one family. We are all children of God. We should treat each other as family. We should love those that don't seem to be part of our family, that want to be part of another family. For we stand on God's truth and his promises. Don't miss an opportunity to share that. You know, God's at work in all things at all times, and sometimes we may not understand it. We may want to shy away from it. But if you truly believe that he's a sovereign God and that he is with you always, 
Why would you fear something that he wants you to do? He has a grip on each of us. Don't try to run away from him. Be his vessel. Reminds me of a story of a little boy that was playing in his yard in Florida, and an alligator came from the lake on their property. And the little boy just stood in amazement, watched this alligator as the alligator came toward him. And the mom from her kitchen window saw the alligator come out, and she immediately ran out of the house and began to yell at her boy as the gator ran up and grabbed him by his leg and began to pull him back toward the lake as the mom grabbed his arm and hung on and screamed. And the neighbor that lived next door heard the scream, stepped out and saw what was happening, grabbed his shotgun, came over and killed the alligator. Some people will say, praise God. God's at work in all things. So when this little boy was in the hospital, the news people said, show us the scars where the alligator latched on to you. Instead, the little boy held his arm up. He says, these are my, the scars from my mom where fingernails dug into my arm. God has grip on each of us. Take that opportunity to be his vessel. As we prepare our hearts for Holy Communion, stand on his promise. Know that Christ died for you. We are part of his family. Let us pray. Lord, do not let other hearts be broken by the things that break your heart. Give our, thank, give our hearts the opportunity to be your servants to those that need to hear the word. Let us clearly say it is our duty to follow you. As a good Samaritan did, let us help those in need rather than judge their mistakes. Let our lives be like Jesus and be available to have our life interrupted to meet human needs. Let us be less concerned about religion and more concerned about helping those that do not know you by speaking the truth of your word every time you bless us with the opportunity. Grant us courage to be bold and to live for you. May we all show the scars and share the scars of repentance from you hanging on to our lives. In your son's name, amen. in order to destroy the works of the devil. The night before he did that, he sat at the table with his friends. Friends he knew were going to walk away. Friends he knew who would deny. One friend he knew would actually betray.
none of that stopped him from bringing the cross. 6.30 on that Passover Friday when he died on that cross all of his friends thought all was lost and he actually had won. And he said, listen, this may not make sense to you now, but there's a day you're going to understand what I've done. And when you get that understanding, I want you to come together and eat this meal and remember it. Because that's what changes the world. When we remember Jesus embracing the cross, we make the commitment ourselves to embrace the cross. Because it's the cross that brings life. There's no resurrection without a crucifixion. So right now, let's take a moment and prepare our hearts. Is there anything in your life right now that you need to bring to the cross? Just bow your heads. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Is there something the Holy Spirit wants to wants you to release? Is there something you need to confess? Is there a fear you're holding? A sin you're walking in? Is there something God's asked you to do and you've refused? Is there something you're doing and God's asked you to stop? Is there someone you need to reconcile with? Someone you need to forgive? Is it yourself you need to forgive and receive his love? Because that's what this table is about. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because if we're going to make a difference in this world, it begins in our hearts. We confess our sins. You've told us, Lord. You're faithful and you're just to forgive us our sins. You cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You cut off our sin as far as the east is from the west. You set us free to pour out your grace in our hearts that we could be. The appearing of the grace of God to others. Blow through our temples. Clear out the dust within. May we consecrate our, te- our temple that you've created us to be. Renewed to you this morning. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. It is a right, good, proper, and joyful thing at all times and in all places to give you thanks, Lord God. We join our voices now with the angels, with the archangels, 
with all of the company of heaven who forever sing this song of worship. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might. Hosanna in the highest. Heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Save us to the highest, we cry. Son of David, Lord Jesus, our Messiah, our King. In the beginning, Lord, you created us for yourself. But even though we've fallen through our disobedience, through our own rebellion to sin and to death, you in your infinite mercy, grace, and love sent your only unique son, our Savior, our Messiah, Jesus the King, to live among us as a man born of a virgin. And he suffered every hardship and adversity, every trial, every trouble, every tribulation and temptation that we face, except without sin. And finally, he stretched out his arms upon the cross in perfect obedience to your will, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. From the beginning to the end, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the earth. On the very night he did that, as he sat with his disciples in that upper room, remembering the Passover lamb, he took the bread and he lifted it to heaven, to the Father, to give thanks. moment of after that moment of intimacy with the father he turned to his disciples he said this this bread it represents my body and he broke the bread he said that's my body it's given for you he says whenever you come together he says remember this do this to remember what we're doing here when the supper was over He took the cup, and again, in a moment of intimacy between him and the Father, he raised the cup and gave thanks. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the vine. He turned to all his disciples. He said, this cup, the new covenant. It's the forgiveness of sins. It's the cutting off of sin as far as the east is from the west. It's my blood given for you. When you come together, do this. Remember me. The Apostle Paul reminds us that as often as we eat this bread... As often as we drink this cup, something we do now in the present, you proclaim the Lord's death in the past until he comes in the future in the Lord Jesus. The cross 
the burial, the resurrection, all of time is fused together as his time. And in that we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. Lord, by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit, you are the giver of life in whom we live and move and have our very being. Consecrate this table. Consecrate this time of communion. Consecrate us to your work. We ask this to be done in us by the light and the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of the true Lord Jesus, our Messiah, who lives and reigns with you in your glory, our Father. Amen? Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, he said this, he said, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Let's keep the feast. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ keep you to eternal life. Now, what we're going to do is we have a, we'll have a table over here and a table over here. Just have a moment to contemplate these things. And when you're ready, you're free just to come up and stand in line on either side and come by. Uh, we, we won't be dismissing you. Come up as, as, you, uh, as you're so moved to participate in communion together. Amen.
thank you for this table. Through this, we proclaim, we celebrate the mystery of the body and the blood of your Son, our Savior, our Messiah, the Lord Jesus. We thank you that you've made us members of his body and thus his agents in this world. Lord, we ask for your help. Help us to be distributors of your blessing, agents of your providence, instruments of your grace, ambassadors of your love to all that we meet every day. We thank you that the body of our Lord Jesus did not stay in the tomb, but it rose to new life in resurrection and has ascended into heaven. We look forward to the blessed hope of his return. We pray all of this in his most holy and precious name, the name of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, because he's alive. coming up. Pastor Zeke, if you could come forward. Pastor Terry and Melanie, if you could come up. Pastor Terry and Melanie are going to be traveling. They're going to be going up to Alaska to spend three weeks ministering to the marriages of those who have been standing in the gap on our behalf, to to first responders, to to police officers. And they had this intense time, and they've asked for our prayer. They've asked for our covering. And so right now, Pastor Zeke's going to lead us in a time of prayer. So if you could stand with us, if you just reach out, either your hand or your heart, either way, if you would just reach out in this moment, that we can lift them together and stand with them in intercession and agreement for the life to be ministered where the devil has tried to bring destruction, that Jesus would bring resurrection and new life. Father, what a joy it is to join in with our brother in the work that you're going to do in him and through him and his precious wife. Father, our desire is to seek to know where you are working and to join in. Father, it is an absolute total joy and privilege to watch you move, to receive your invitation, to say, yes, Lord, send me, I'll go. Thank you, Lord, for the incredible work you're already, going to be, you're already doing and have been doing where these will land. God, I pray that even now you begin preparing the hearts of those first responders to receive your word in such a way that produces transformation in them. Lord, I pray that you would use these two as a mighty tool of your voice. And Lord, that it would be extra sensitive to even the, the tiniest little inclinations of where you need them to go. And Father, be extra sensitive to the direction of your spirit dwelling within them. It is by your power, your strength, the same power that raised Christ from the dead will be working in and through these two. So I pray a special blessing on them that you have prepared this pathway for them to be, for your name to be glorified in them. Thank you, Lord, so much for this incredible opportunity. And we as a church, as their brothers and sisters, choose this day to commit to pray for them as they are away, making your name famous. I pray, Lord, I pray for their, for their protection. That they're going into 
many respects, a very hostile place. Pray, God, that that has no effect on them, Lord. I pray, God, that there is no power that would come against them and come against whatever work that you would have for them to do. Every word that is spoken would be received the way that it was intended. Lord, we love you. And, Father, it fills our heart with incredible joy to partner with you with what you are already doing. We love you, Father. We praise you. We love our brother. We love our sister. In Jesus' name, amen.